Support for INS Podcasts comes from BD, helping all people live healthy lives. Visit them at www.bd.com. Hi, welcome to another podcast episode from the Infusion Nurses Society. I'm Michelle Barrett. I am the nurse educator with the Infusion Nurses Society. This afternoon, we are recording from the national meeting in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I'm going to be speaking with Kathy Duckett. She spoke for us earlier today on a topic that is coming about quite a bit and I think will be even bigger as time goes, um, bringing the hospital into the home care setting. Um, Kathy, welcome. Thank you for joining us. It was a great program this morning. Thank you. I really had a good time presenting it. Thank Thank you. you. Good, great. Can you tell us uh, some of your background, how you got involved in what you're doing? Sure. I've been a home health care nurse for over 30 years. Um, I've done everything from carry the bag on the street in Detroit and then into Los Angeles. And I've been a nursing supervisor, clinical director, regional director. Um, I've had for-profit, not-for-profit, infusion-based home health agencies. Pretty much I've done it all in home care. And in the last 10 or 15 years, I've really been focusing on the use of technology in home care to provide better care for our patients. So that's, I have my own consulting business now, and I specialize in home health care, and especially integrating technology into the care that we provide our patients. And that's really become very Mm -hmm. big over the last few years, um, telenursing, really, not even Mm -hmm. having the nurse in the home, but the patient can still communicate and let them know what's going on. Right, and the use of remote monitoring to manage these chronic care patients in the home and augment the care that the home health care nurse can provide to to teach patients. The goal is, of course, to teach patients to become independent in their own care. Self-management is empowerment. That's the thing nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah. We really recognize that. Patients need that. And one of the initiatives, if you will, is is the the readmission part of patients in in the home or long-term care going back in, um, that we really want to decrease that and prevent it as much as we can. And is that kind of the premise of the home, the hospital in the home setting? Yes, the idea of hospital at home is to provide an environment, to provide inpatient care, the level, inpatient care level in a home care setting. Um, Johns Hopkins is the one that initiated the model that I talked about today for the most Uh, for the most part. And they did this back in the 90s, and what they were looking at was the Affordable Care Act with the triple aim of decreasing cost, improving overall population health, and then improving the quality of care for the individual patient. And they thought... and they looked at the um, Institute of Medicine study to air as human yes. and looked at the fact that 44,000 people died yearly in the hospital because of medical errors. So the idea is if we can keep pe- people out of the hospital, um, they actually do better. But we need the care, the level of the care that hospitals can provide. So w- how much of that can we bring and put into a home situation? So they developed this hospital at home program um, and what they found was that there was a 32% decrease in cost, mm-hmm. patient satisfaction was much better, quality of life improved and patient and caregiver stress decreased. There was a decrease in um, delirium in patients and um, from I think if I said 24% to 9%, the patients, of course, they're in their own environment. Their sleep schedule isn't as interrupted. Um, with decreasing um, dementia and delirium in the hospital, then you have a decreased need for sedation. Mm-hmm. Decreased need for sedation, then you have a decrease of the side effects from sedation. Um, sedation with elderly people, which is increasing hallucinations and increasing agitation, which 
causes them to get more medication. It's a terrible, yes. terrible revolving door. And so when they're in their home environment, they wake up, they see everything they know. There's less, um, less dementia, less um, difficulty with that. And then, of course, in home care, we're not really interrupting their sleep-wake cycle mm-hmm. because it's on our time. In the hospitals, everything's done on our time, yeah. right? And in home care and in home, we're much more aware of what the patient's cycle is and meeting, trying to figure out how to, from a clinical perspective, meet the needs of the patient, but also from a, um, a social perspective and an um, ADL perspective, how to meet the patient's needs. Yeah. So the hospital at home program really takes patients um, that could be treated at home with a high-tech infusion um, and support and moves them out of that the situation it's not for everything though it's the 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 diagnoses that are the most prevalent are um, heart failure community-based pneumonia exacerbations of COPD and cellulitis. Um, Those are the disease processes. There's a lot of other patient selection criteria, but when you're looking at, well, what kind of patients would be eligible, those are the kind. Now, if they they need ICU, CCU level of care, they're going to be in the hospital. Okay. We're not going to do that in the home. Okay, so that's, you know, a lot of times people will think hospital, and that's the first thing that pops into their head is these critically ill-type patients. That's not what we're talking about. No, we're talking about the patient that's on the med surge floor. Okay. That um, the heart failure patient that's really congested and is, needs to come in and needs to be observed, but needs IV Lasix and needs to be in receive maybe hydration with with some IV Lasix and because maybe there might be some um, other issues going on as well or the COPD or who's just really the exacerbation is is severe. So now they're in the hospital and they're getting nebulizer treatments and they can be we can if we can bring that at home then we can do that at home. But if they need ICU, they need CCU, they need to be in the hospital. Sure, sure. So with those being the type of diagnosis, we're looking at a a certain population of patients. We're not talking about, for the most part, younger people unless they have some kind of chronic illness. Would they qualify? Yes, absolutely. It's not age-dependent. It's really not age-dependent. You can have a 29-year-old with heart failure. You can have a 95-year-old with heart failure, right? Um, it's, It's really much more dependent in terms of the patient situation, the patient's diagnoses, the comorbidities. So you look at, is there an available, able, and willing caregiver? Is the patient on their own? Now the Johns Hopkins model, approximately 30% of the patients live alone, um, but that means the vast majority of them don't. Right. So you really, when you think about what do we do for patients when they're in the hospital, it's not 24-hour care. Exactly. But it's 24-hour availability for care. Yeah. So with inter- with intervals that we are absolutely providing care. And so if you think about taking that model to home, then you have to think what kind of care does that patient need? Now, they may need continuous nursing care because of the level of um, care required, the frequency of the infusions, the stability of the line. There might be some things that say we need RNs in this home 24-7. But what you might really end up needing is one shift of RNs or one shift of LPNs, and then um, the caregiver could come in, but then you want the aids at night so the caregiver can sleep. Get a break. Right. So you can really um, morph the model depending on what the patient needs, the availability, willingness Mm -hmm. of the caregiver. We talk about this a lot in home care, that it's really those three things together, available, able, and willing. Mm -hmm. So available means that they are there when you need them to be there. and Actually physically present. Physically present. Um, So we will, in the hospital, we'll say, 
who takes care of you? And they'll say, oh, my daughter takes care of me. And she's available. Oh, yes. And then as a home care nurse, we get in the home. And available means that she comes by once a week mm -hmm. to you know, check on the food or she calls every day. That's really not available for someone okay. who needs hospital level. They may be available, but then when you say you would need to learn how to manage this IV infusion, and as a home infusion nurse, you know that, mm -hmm. sometimes they say, oh, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. And yeah. sometimes that's really true. There's mm -hmm. no way. And sometimes you're dealing with their fear level. Um, but if they're not willing, they're not willing. Mm -hmm. Now, they may be willing. They may be available. But if they are, have some sort of a visual impairment or physical impairment that they absolutely can't provide the care, then they're, they're not going to be the caregiver. So then we have to figure out what other arrangements can be made. So they have to have the caregiver. Um, and then their home has to be appropriate. Air conditioning in the summer, yeah, heat yeah. in the winter, running water, um, electricity, electricity, consistent mm -hmm. source of electricity. Yeah. Um, a phone. Is there a phone that's available in the home all the time so that they're accessible 24-7 to us and us to them? Okay. So those are the things we look at. And, and that really does sound like home health nursing it is. in itself. Yep. So are there other factors that come into this hospital at home that that are different than that? Are we talking about, like I think I heard, heard you mention about travel time and distance sure. and what are those? So if a person is going to be receiving, now remember that home health care is intermittent care. Okay. So the home health care, um, certified home health agencies under the conditions of participation, which is the federal law that guides what we do in home health care, was initiated in the 1960s to be a transition from hospital where you had complete care, you mm -hmm. were 24-7 dependent, to complete independence either on your own or with family members providing your care. So home health care is considered to be a bridge between those two things. Okay. It's a finite and predictable time. Um, generally, it's going to need to be... Uh, less than daily and if it's going to be daily that needs to be for a finite predictable time rule of thumb is about three weeks but the the idea is that you are going to be independent in the care that you provided okay. and if it's more than that finite predictable time that three or four weeks then you need to justify why are you going daily because intermittent care is the definition of home health care okay. So when you're looking at someone who's doing a hospital level of care, you're not talking about intermittent care. Mm -hmm. You're talking about someone who's available 24-7. Now, you want to align with the home health agency so that um, after the first three days, when they really maybe do not require that skilled level of care for 72, for that you know, 24-7, then you can bring your home health agency in and they can supplement the care in terms of the patient education, in terms of the patient assessment, um, supporting the caregivers, whether they're the family members or paid caregivers okay. who are non-clinical, and making sure they understand how to provide the care for the patient. So it's really not home care because it's so intense okay. that that's not covered under the Medicare regulations, so we wouldn't get reimbursed for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, if there's a third-party payer involved, a health care plan that, who says, no, we are paying for this, then the home health agency um, can... There is more flexibility with mm -hmm. that, but our whole model is geared around a 45-minute nursing visit where we're going in, we're assessing the patient, we're teaching the patient and the family, and we're um, communicating with the healthcare team about the needs of the patient, again, with a goal to get that patient independent and on their own um, so that they can live their life yeah, without, yeah. it's not long-term care, we're not going to be in there forever. Um, 
the rarest exceptions of that would be if someone had a Foley catheter. And we were okay. going in once a month to do Foley catheter change. So it's a really different way of thinking about it than what we do. We do run into problems with home infusion companies, though, because if you have a hospital-at-home patient and they're going to be getting... Um, Infusions, and then home infusion company goes. Oh, home health care is in there. Mm-hmm. They'll stay for the two hours while the infusion's running, or the four hours while the infusion's running. No, they won't. No. We can't. It's not really. It's got to be intermittent care within a finite, predictable time, and that those long hours is not really considered um, generally considered intermittent. Um, so there has to be really strong and clear communication between the infusion company and between the home health agency in terms of what, who does what. I think one of the other misunderstandings is a home health company will say, oh, yeah, we do infusion in the home Mm -hmm. because we do infusion in the home. We can manage the dressing Mm -hmm. and teach the family how to do that. We can manage the – we can teach the family how to manage the infusion and do the cap changes and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if the line clots or if there's a problem with the line, we're probably – unless we have CRNIs – in our home health program, then we're not going to be able to provide that level of care that a home sure. infusion company would be able to provide. Sure. Um, and you can have a home infusion company, I mean, you can have, you can provide infusion in your home health agency and have no CRNI nurses. Mm-hmm. So right, I right. think that's really an important distinction that uh, especially this audience would really need to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those, again, ask the home health agency that you're going to be working with. When they talk about, yes, we provide infusion care, what does that mean and what are the limitations? Now, are there um, hospitals that have programs that mm-hmm. go into the home? There are. There are some so hospitals. So they would probably not like be using a home health agency. They use their own nurses? or Well, again, the, the hospital generally what I've noticed is that the hospital-based programs will use their nurses for the first 24 to 48 hours or 72 hours. So that critical care time, I shouldn't use the word critical care, but that critical time in the home with the Mm -hmm. patient where they require that higher level of clinical care over a longer period of time. Um, Some hospitals will utilize their own staff because they know what the hospital policies and procedures are. They know they can really control the quality of care that they're Mm -hmm. providing for the patient. Um, as opposed to hiring a private duty or working with a private duty company to do that. They will, though, work and team with a home health agency because after the patient, um, after that first critical time frame, the family is becoming more independent in the Mm -hmm. home. You don't need those those shift nurses in there for that full length of time. And they're used to doing that shift care. You're going to bring the home health agency in to do our specialty, which is patient education, um, and patient uh, empowerment. And so you're, you're still going to want to get a home health agency. And so what happens is partnerships occur between the hospital-based hospital-at-home program and the local home health agency to, to deliver the care, the appropriate care that the patient needs at the time period that they need it. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. So um, I, I think, too, what I, I heard you were saying in the, in the discussion was um, there's certain things that we have to look at with the patient and their environment, of course, and, and they have to be located within a certain mileage of right. a hospital or this or that or the other thing. Sure. So what kind, I mean... Right, because, because remember, these people are, are They're ill. still really sick. They're still really yeah. sick, and if they go south, 
not a really technical term, but yeah. <laughs> they get worse. If their condition worsens, they have to be able to get to an ED within a very short period of time. I think one of the considerations is when we talk when we talk about the geographic location of the patient and the proximity to the hospital, it's not just miles. Mm-hmm. So the example I gave in the, the, um, the presentation was I live in the Boston metropolitan area. Now, before about 6 in the morning, it takes me about an hour to get into Boston. Um, However, between 6 and 9, it can take me two hours or two and a half hours. So they'll say, how far are you from Boston? And I would say about 30 miles. Mm -hmm. 30 miles seems pretty reasonable if you don't live in the Boston metropolitan area. If you do, you realize that's really two hours away. So would I be a candidate? Maybe not if the hospital, if I was at MGH or BWH or um, Tufts or one of the major hospital centers in Boston for some reason, sending me back to my little town would probably not be appropriate unless they had a partner at a community level hospital then I could that they could then work with it which was closer so it's important when you're looking at the program and thinking about the patient it's not just how far are you away from the hospital in terms of mileage but it's really understanding the area in which you live and mm-hmm. in some of these big areas Los Angeles Boston Atlanta you know pretty much name it Dallas yeah, yeah. you know the time of day makes a difference and patients don't um, get worse based on um, the flow of the traffic, right? They yeah, don't go, oh, yeah. you know, it's 4.30 in the morning. I think I'll get worse now because the traffic will be good. Exactly. And inevitably, <laughs> it's going to be 8 o'clock when the right. height of the rush hour, right? Right, right. Something's going to happen, and right. you have to have them close, right. close by. So yeah, Exactly. So is there anything else that we need to know as infusion nurses that can help us with transitioning patients from the hospital or actually not from the hospital, but keeping them from going to the hospital, helping with that. I think the biggest um, thing about the hospital at home program is that the protocols have to be set in place before you start the program. Okay. You, uh, Johns Hopkins has done a great job with setting out those programs, those protocols for you if you want to use their model, but it's extremely important that you make sure that you have all those puzzle pieces together and that you talk to each one of the vendors or each one of the participants in your program, again, to make sure the, the communication is clear in terms of res- roles and responsibilities and to make sure that the the communication will stay clear once the patient is either discharged home because hospital at home is either an ED diversion so they come into the ED they come into the urgent care and they don't get admitted to the hospital it's either um, a transitions of care program where they're stable they come stable they become stabilized and then they get transitioned earlier to home than normal or it can occur when a physician picks up the phone and the home health nurse is saying this patient's getting worse and I you know we need to do something yeah, or the yeah. family calls up and the physician then can at that point do an evaluation and say we're going to start the hospital to home hospital at home program I think the other thing to be really clear is that there's a lot of terminology out there yeah there is so there's hospital to home which is really an intense transitional care program okay hospital to home is not the same thing as hospital at home and sometimes people bandy around terms and we need to make sure that we're really clear so if someone says I want a hospital to home program you as the infusion nurse if you're part of that conversation clarify what they mean. Are they talking about an intense transitional care program or are they really talking about taking the hospital and moving it into the home environment to completely Completely. different things and you can really help inform that discussion understanding what the differences are based on the language that's being used. So those are the things I'd leave you with. Excellent protocols up front, clear ongoing communication when you're setting up the protocols and then 
ongoing because what happens is these patients come into the ED and you get a phone call and within two hours they want the patient home within right. four hours so that's not the time to find out that your DME company doesn't go to that region on Mondays Right, right. Or that Walgreens can get the, in, um, and I shouldn't use Walgreens, I shouldn't use brand, brand names, but, or the, the local pharmacy mm -hmm. um, could get the medications out within the next 48 hours. So right. uh, you really want to make sure that those relationships are set and clear delineations of uh, timing is important and get that all done. And then make sure that the patient and each one of the partners has a clear understanding of the phone numbers the contact people and the chain of command in terms of the protocols in terms of if this happens who do we call what's the expectation so if somebody wants to find out more information mm -hmm. about a hospital at home program is there you can go to the Johns Hopkins website okay. I would go there Johns Hopkins hospital at home or you can google hospital at home okay and a bunch of information will come up there are programs all over the country that do this and I'm sure they're willing to share with you their information um, and there's a there's a lot of research that's been done on it it's really an international program there's hospital at home type programs going on around the world it's fascinating. so there's a lot of research that's been done on this as well very good well Kathy thank you so much we cannot you. tell you how much we appreciated having you here today and thank speaking you. for us it was fun thank you and very interesting and um, we're sitting here in the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center surrounded by people milling about at our annual meeting it's just been a blast and thank you for being part of that thank you thank you for inviting me I've had a wonderful time. you're very welcome and that'll be it for now we'll talk with you later bye